Welcome to the Be Glad Movement. My name's Pollyanna and I'm on a mission to bring you as many stories as possible of good coming out of bad and reasons to be glad. With the rise in mental health awareness, pretty much all of us are now familiar with the term anxiety. But what's it like to discover you have anxiety and how do you learn to cope with it on a daily basis? In this episode, I talked to Lucy Smith, who really went through the mill with her anxiety, but now has the tools and a killer morning routine, which makes her totally unstoppable. Listen on to hear her story. Thank you so much for having me. What you created here is really, really good. So I'm so glad to be a part of it and to inspire everyone and help them on their journey in any way that I can. Awesome. Thank you. So a little bit about me, I have always struggled with my mental health, so I I have severe anxiety, Um, obviously I still manage it now, I don't believe it ever truly goes away, and that it is an ongoing struggle and has to be managed daily, so um, I've done that myself through personal development, which was first introduced to me by my counsellor when I had to see a counsellor after several panic attacks anxiety and depression started to affect my work right so she recommended a book to me on mindfulness and from there I just started to find as much out about personal development and just as much as I could and added it into my day and now I have created a full morning routine which takes me an hour every day and I find that that really gets me set up in the right way it helps me feel confident it helps me feel free of my anxiety and it just gives me a really positive start to the day. Awesome, awesome. So when did anxiety sort of start for you? What was the trigger? Or can you remember a time when you didn't live with it? So I remember when I was in school, I don't think I particularly had anxiety, but I was always very shy mm-hmm. and of struggled in social situations. But I didn't really go outside that group of friends, like outside of the comfort zone, basically. I stayed where I felt comfortable. And then it was when I, um, in my late teens really, when I was in school, that I remember the day when I thought something definitely wasn't wrong. Um, I played the sport of bowls and I was in a bowls club in Brighton and I just felt like I just couldn't be there anymore. I just, I was there with my family and my friends and I just burst into tears. I couldn't cope being in front of people. I couldn't cope being in the bowls club. And my mum took me back to my hotel room and I just sat in my bed all day and cried and cried and I just couldn't stop. That must have been quite scary for you, like not really knowing why you felt that way. Yeah, because it wasn't like something had happened, no one had said anything and then something in my mind just triggered it. And so having had that experience, did you go and see the counsellor straight away or... Um, was it a little while before you got round to getting any sort of therapy? So no, I didn't go straight away. I um, I didn't know what it was. Obviously, I just thought I was a bit upset and I just thought I had a bad day. Um, my parents haven't had any experience with mental health issues, so they didn't really know what it was or how to support me. And um, so I didn't really know what to do. I didn't even know that the doctors could even help with things like that. I just didn't have to know about any of it. Right. So what happened next? How did you, like, did, did you have another episode or how did you end yeah, up? So, yeah, the day that I phoned the doctors, I was in a supermarket with my sister 
and that was always a big struggle of mine being in a public place like a supermarket I always hated like going to a till and paying for things or having to talk to people that I didn't know and mm. I think I also felt intimidated a bit by especially in clothes shops with younger people working there I just felt really intimidated and lacked confidence around them oh. um, so my sister had actually just wandered off like any normal sister would not realizing that her leaving me in that supermarket that day caused a huge panic attack um, and the same again just uncontrollably crying didn't know what to do didn't know how to stop it and yeah. she panicked basically I, I looking back I don't blame her she saw her sister in that way and she didn't like it and she she ran away she left me on my own oh crikey is this a younger sister then yeah so um, she she just didn't know how to handle it. She didn't obviously like seeing me in that way. So um, she she left me, and then um, I had I had my car with me. So I was in the car, and realised I wasn't fit to drive home. I really couldn't control what I was doing, and that's when I phoned the doctor's surgery. Then wow, wow, so cool that you in that moment you did reach out for help. You know that's brilliant and what did they say they just made you an appointment or did what happened there yeah so they made me an appointment with the doctor mm. and when I saw him it wasn't a very nice experience to be completely honest and um, oh, yeah. he was very understanding and he asked me if there was any issues at work which there wasn't any issues with my family which there wasn't any issues with friends which again there wasn't and mm. his answer to that was well the issue is you Oh crikey! And and how I felt about myself in my life because there was absolutely nothing wrong with my life at all. Right, right. Sure. I guess yeah. Where he was coming from? Because quite often you can reason away why you're feeling a certain way. Oh, it's because I had a late night, or it's because I went out boozing, or I didn't eat very well the previous day. That kind of thing. You can you sort of read, or you know, something is going on and. Uh, work or family and you can reason it away but when when there's absolutely no way of reasoning it away so what happened what happened after that was was he the one that suggested you went to see a counsellor yeah he was so he referred me to the counsellor who was a lot more understanding and sympathetic luckily mm. and yeah she also noticed that I had a few fears um like driving was one of my fears and like I've already said the shopping being in the shop on my own so we just started to work on that um, and I had a little worksheet where I had to face my fear the same time every week and I went out and I drove the same journey it was to my granddad's old house he is no longer with me but I felt like that was a really nice journey so I could take it I could have that mindfulness and think about him Hi. and then so I would drive to his house and then I would sit outside his house in the car, talk to him for 10 minutes and then drive home. So, yes. And do you think it was the, the regularity of it? Like you knew, I don't know which day it was, but like you knew every Thursday you were going to have to go and do that. And, and also it must have been quite lovely having that time using the mindfulness techniques and having that time to think about your granddad and, and spend some time just there talking to him before you drove back home again. So do you think the, the regularity was part of the process? Do, do you find yourself you, that you can just drive around freely now? Yeah, I'm completely fine now with my driving. Um, but 
yeah I think it was a mixture of both having the regularity and knowing what date it was kept me committed to that and yeah. having the time with him was like a motivation almost because I felt really connected to him outside his house where he last lived yeah. so it was like an incentive to get in the car and have to drive there to be able to get to that place sure yeah how lovely and um so tell me with the with the other elements of being in larger because going to the supermarket and going shopping is something that people have to deal with every day how did you sort of come to um to overcome that so obviously i've used a few personal development habits to control my anxiety and build my confidence as well which I think go hand in hand really mm. because the more confident I feel the more free I feel of my anxiety and the other way around as well so with my morning routine I just to be honest it just makes me feel completely unstoppable like I could get in the car drive two hours to a supermarket and drive back now without even a second thought awesome. it's just that consistent personal development that keeps my anxiety managed it keeps my confidence high and as a result then I can continue with the day-to-day -day activities including the shopping. Cool and what do you do within your morning routine what does it consist of? So I start by reading a personal development book usually while I'm on my pedal bike because I'm not big on exercise but I do love movement so I'm not about to run a marathon or lift heavy weights, but I do like the like the movement of a pedal bike and getting exercise and movement in the morning. Yeah. So I start with that. And then I journal about my thoughts, about gratitude, mm -hmm. um, my achievements and things that I'm proud of. Awesome. So really positive journaling. And if there's any neg any negative things that are on my mind, I always make sure I put a positive lesson from them. Uh, that's very much what the Be Glad movement is sort of all about, trying to draw out the positive messages from, from negative situations. So that's very cool. Awesome. And um, I thought it was interesting what you said earlier about uh, never truly getting over anxiety, that it's something that you're always going to have to live with. Because for me, that's, that's such a true statement that mental health, just like your physical health, which is funny because you've just talked about physical health as well, is something that needs to be worked upon every day, doesn't it? It's something that, we, like, we don't just go to the gym once and come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever we want to look like. You know, it has to be a daily practice or, you know, a regular practice at least of looking after your, your mental health. So you've got your daily routine. Um, is there anything else? you know that you go above and beyond that you think really helps you with your personal journey through anxiety so yeah mainly it's just my morning routine but then obviously if I need those habits throughout the day then I am always saying affirmations to myself in my head I'll always go back to my journal if I feel I need it throughout the day and then just a couple of other habits that I do as well throughout the day is listening to podcasts. So absolutely love podcasts and there's so much you can learn out there about anxiety and how to manage um, any of your anxieties and, and all sorts out there for personal development. And then listening to music I find really, really useful as well because it can completely change my state and my mood. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah, I guess... Music's so powerful actually because if it's a 
sad song comes on the radio, it does sort of take you down, and then an upbeat pop song can really lift you up, you know. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. And tell me a little bit more about your family, because you mentioned earlier that your mum and your dad haven't suffered um, any mental health issues, and I'm presuming your sister doesn't either. How did you find that? Because I imagine that would be quite sort of isolating to feel like you're the only one going through this. Yeah, so my mum was really supportive and would always come into my room and ask me how I was and if ever I was upset, she would just come to me. And my dad, to this day, still doesn't understand what happened to me. <laughs> um, and I, it, I do understand it now because it's the last thing you want to see your daughter going through isn't it like at some points um I had quite severe anger issues as well towards especially my dad because he didn't understand it so if I was crying he'd say stop crying and it would end up in a in an argument about I can't just stop crying why don't you understand it um that was quite difficult but my mum was really really supportive um through it as well so so that was good I'm so glad that your mum was able to sort of keep the balance for you but that must have been really hard and I can understand why that would turn to anger when you don't feel understood and especially when you're trying to process your own emotions for someone to tell you that you should feel a certain way or act a certain way it's so hard when you that's the last thing that you want to do so um, that's really interesting and did you find any did you look outside I know you, you listen to podcasts but have you got sort of support networks within I don't know Facebook groups or other avenues that you sought help through not at the time no so um I mainly just like I say talked to my mum did my own personal development another thing that I did was um almost like journaling but it was to my granddad so I'd write down messages to him about how I was feeling, mainly because my dad wasn't understanding and I knew that my granddad would. Right. So that was another tool that I used back then, but um, mm-hmm. no no Facebook groups or support groups or anything like that. Right. I love that, that you um, wrote to your granddad, it, despite him not really physically being there, that you could still use him as an outlet because a, a lot of people probably would get even more upset and think why can't why is granddad not here to talk to but I love that you still use him as, a, as an avenue to talk to that's so lovely um but I know that you're actually supporting other people now as well do you want to tell, tell me a little bit about what you're up to yeah of course so um when I had come through the other side and I felt that it was all under control and managed I just had this big feeling that I just couldn't not share it so I started just by setting up a Facebook group. So everything that I've set up, including the Facebook group, is what I felt I needed. Right. So like you asked if I was part of a Facebook group, I wish I had been, I wish there was one, but I, I either didn't look or I couldn't find one at the time. So I created one that is now a really safe space for over 300 women that they feel really supported. They know that they can post in there at any time. They won't be judged and they can be honest. They can talk about their friends and family, the support they've got, and they know that it won't leave that group. So it's lovely to have set up a community like that. That's awesome. 300 women that you're supporting. I love that. That's really, really cool. Well done, you. That, that's totally taking your 
negative situation and flipping it on his head and, and using it to help others. Really cool, very, very cool. Remind me what it's called? So the business is called Succeed Now um, and the Facebook group is called Personal Development for Women Succeed Now. Oh, awesome. I'll share a link at the end of the video. What would your sort of main advice be to someone who had maybe just uh, experienced their first panic attack or maybe maybe they've experienced a few what would you say they should do straight away my main advice would just be to talk to somebody whether it is a friend or a family member or the doctors or whoever I definitely would recommend getting medical advice when you feel you're ready I, I think there is a, a right time to go so maybe wait until you do feel ready but definitely start talking to someone straight away about how you're feeling so you can get it off your chest. Oh, Lucy, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to say? No, I'm quite happy. I'm quite emotional, to be honest, but I, that, was, that was deep. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, do you know, you're not the first person to say that, I think. It, and, and I appreciate every single person that comes and, and tells their story because it is a very personal story. And I always say, even to people that write their stories, you know, your story and your voice in your time when you're ready because uh, it is a massive thing and I really want to sort of take my hat off to you and salute you and thank you so much for for sharing your story because I really do believe that you'll be able to help someone and there's going to be someone watching this and and there's probably going to be more than one person that's going to watch this and really feel like wow this, this lady has been through what I'm going through now and she's overcome it and she's dealing with it and she's you know coping on a day-to-day -day basis so thank you thank you so much for, for your time I really do appreciate it as you all know I think it's great when people use um, an adversity that they've been through to then go on and help other people who might be going through similar so it's so good to hear that Lucy set up that support group for other people that suffer with their anxiety if you like this episode, please do like and share it with anyone who you feel may benefit from hearing it. And if you'd like to join the conversation over on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, please do get involved. I'd love to hear from you. As always, the Be Glad Movement podcast is free to listen to. But if you'd like to help me support the Samaritans, there's a donation link on beglad.co.uk. Anything that you can afford to give would be so great, gratefully received. With so much love, you've been listening to Lucy Smith, Pollyanna and the Be Glad Movement. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.